Welcome to the Latter-day Struggles podcast with therapists Brandon Patrick and Valerie Hamaker. Now, we have both been in the trenches for years with church members and heard about all kinds of problems, suffering, and struggles that church members have. We are here to have thought-provoking, honest, bold conversations about those false traditions that cause people harm. So let's go. What does General Conference bring up in you? Hey, Valerie. Good morning. How are you, Brennan? I'm doing well. Uh, it's good to see you. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Um, springtime is coming. Conference is r- around the corner. Yeah, here. a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of days. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to talk about all of the things that come up and just happen around conference time. Mm. Um, what's really awesome and beneficial about conference and what might be problematic and some, some things that maybe aren't so awesome about conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, when I, I mean, when we're bringing up conference time, what, what comes up for you, Valerie? Yeah, I, I love this topic, Brandon, because I have been very reflective about the, uh, coming of conference and really what it begins with for me well there's two things so I'll I'll mention them both but we in my home have a plethora of traditions that are very much um, conference oriented and so I have a lot of very very tender excited feelings about conference weekend we um, we have been we've done a variety of different activities for the children and we have four kids two still at home um, that the kids really, really look forward to anything from the, you know, the um, tic-tac-toe games to the various um, reward systems for uh-huh. listening and coloring on ties. We always do a big uh, brunch on Sunday conference morning. And so I am really, um, on the one hand, very much associating conference weekend with a lot of joy. Um, the joy of not having to put my, my you know, church clothes on, <laughs> the, the staying uh-huh. home. Uh, the slowing down, the being with family. So, I mean, that right there is a is a piece of it that I'm that 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 I maintain even to this yeah. day, while also having um, for my own sake and my own because of where I am in my own spiritual development, there is um, more there is more angst that I'm personally feeling also <laughs> about yeah. the the content and what general conference has come to mean um, to me personally as a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's much more complicated than it used to be for me. Yeah. I I, uh, I want to back up just a little mm. bit and before we get to the complicated part. Yeah. Um, let, just, let's, yeah let's, let's just enjoy for a moment. Let's right? bask in the, yeah. So so everything you're bringing up is brings up warm fuzzies inside <laughs> of me. Um, yeah. You know, as a member of the church, uh, it's as much a religion as it is living in a culture. And, Absolutely. And part of the culture is is this conference time. Mm. And, it, you know, the, the time of year when conferences is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's They nail it. It's just like right on those weekends where everything's starting to change. Wake like here in, U- here in Utah, things are ju- the grass is just starting to get green. Um, mm-hmm. And in the fall as well. And so... And and I know for me when those change times hap- times happen in my life, that's when a lot of kind of good emotions are there mm. and and feelings of 
just kind of sentimental feelings and conference is always like dropped right in the middle of that. Like, mm. boom. Um, I'm right there with you. As a matter of fact, as you were talking, Brennan, I was, I was even going deeper into the nostalgia of it, having been raised in the Salt Lake Valley and um, going into the conference center many times with my friends in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, out here, we call it middle school. I think in Utah, they call it junior high. <laughs> um, right. and, and, and going out and it, it, we never had tickets. We, we, I'm not related to anybody like technically important in the church, never have been. <laughs> <laughs> but we would go and sit on the grass and listen to probably very little of it. But boy, was it so lovely and fun and just a beautiful way to sit, especially, you know, in the, when the weather was waking up and warm, sitting in the beauty of the tulips and um, yep. being with people and just noticing there's a little bit of a, a euphoric radiance with That's the folks word. that come in and listen and and indulge in enjoy just this beautiful thing that is part of our our culture of coming together as a worldwide community. So I mean I'm I'm really grateful that you you're you're pausing us there because I'm grateful for that. It's a big part of something that I um I see as my heritage that that I have a lot of tenderness for. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anything from ice cream after priesthood meeting, and, you know, it, it always has to do with food for me. So right. it's brunch <laughs> yeah. on Sunday morning and Amen, brother. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of warm fuzzies and uh-huh. um, a good time to just stop. This is what I really like about it. And, and, and I think the church has taken some real positive shifts in this direction mm-hmm. um, to just stop and rest and, and actually rest on a Sunday mm-hmm. and stay in your pajamas and, and watch it on TV and lounge around with your family and mm. watch your kids fight. Or if you're one of the kids, <laughs> fight your siblings, um, <laughs> you know, so it's a real good time to just stop, relax. Um, you don't have a bunch of responsibilities at church that weekend. Right. And eat good food and spend time with your family. So yeah. it, it's awesome. It, it's really nice. Um, I'm looking forward to this weekend conference. So, um, all right, let's let's move to some of the more <laughs> complex things and, okay. and why a conference brings you some angst because it, yeah. it does bring me some angst, um, and and I do have some issues with with conference. Um, for for you, Valerie, as you're saying that you're kind of in 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 your stage stage of development spiritually. Mm. Yeah. Um, I imagine conference now for you is very different than than when you were 22 years old. Right. Um, could you speak to that some? Yeah, so much to say, Brandon. I, um, I mean, I think in some ways there's a little bit of a, a grieving that I feel, as I notice the um, maybe maybe the the more spirit spiritually undifferentiated version of me, that would sit down and just take everything in and um, believe everything and love everything and sustain everything and if anything ever did kind of sneak in that didn't feel quite right i would push that down in a way because there was something wrong with me and maybe i didn't understand it but it was it was always sort of a way of being that was an assurance of certainty and of truth and of i have the path because these people that are talking to me they are feeding me all of the things that I need to know to return back to my to my heavenly father. And I'm saying heavenly father intentionally because that's what they would say. Now I would, my, the current Valerie would say to my heavenly parents, but we didn't talk about that in conference right. very often. Right. And so there's a grieving because in some ways I feel like, gosh, was that easier 
that felt really good. It felt really reassuring that I didn't have to, I didn't have to, quite frankly, I didn't have to use my own God-given powers of discernment back then. And the only thing I had to do was listen and sort of take it in and, um, and, and kind of not really do my own spiritual work. It's really fascinating mm-hmm. how you're how you're describing that and saying that. I mean, we're talking about the warm fuzzies of conference and mm-hmm. uh, pajamas and and, mm-hmm. and hanging out with family, and but then also you're talking about how listening and just soaking it all in and being yeah. given right the path, the way. Yes. Here it is. Um, felt very secure and safe and easy. Yes. Um, for you, so so the weekend as a whole was just one where there wasn't angst mm-hmm. there there was there was comfort there was yes. comfort that I have the way and I know the way and it's fascinating to to kind of hear you talk Valerie because um and I totally understand this but I'm going to kind of rhetorically <laughs> ask this mm. you know why if that's so great and you had all the way and it felt really good and it f- feels secure then why would you change that? Isn't aren't those feelings of of security? Um, don't they come from God? And weren't you mm-hmm. being given exactly what you should do in your life? Yeah. See, good question, Brandon. And I think the 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 answer that kind of comes up for me is that what changed is that life happened, <laughs> and okay. I changed, and I mm-hmm. grew, and my own desires and needs and spiritual appetites shifted and it forced me to come into some tension with that which was always comfortable because at least for me the time came for me to stop handing my spiritual development over to a third party even someone as um even someone as what i wish would be like the credible source of a prophet or apostles like i want them and it means if that were only true that I could just hand my growth and development over to someone else, how lovely would that be? And that's what, that's the temptation, right? And that's even what is invited in the church often is sort of like, just trust in us and you don't have to worry about it or think about it anymore. But there's something that pushed me beyond that because of where I am in my own spiritual development that said, that I can't keep doing that because I am it is my own destiny that I need to be working through in conflict with making sense of because be, because what changed for me, Brandon, is I needed, I'm needing still to be constantly working towards a relationship with the divine. And if general conference helps me with that, then wonderful. And I think there are, there are moments when it does, but if general conference doesn't help me with that, I have to preference my relationship with my heavenly parents over an institution if sometimes what is said over the pulpit doesn't feel to my growing spirit right, good, true. Yes. Or or yes. holy. Mm-hmm. I think we're both willing to say and say clearly that yeah. we, and, and I don't want to speak for you, Valerie, so if you need to correct this, feel yeah. free. Mm-hmm. But we don't believe that everything said over that pulpit at conference comes straight from God and is Correct. truth. 100%. Right? Yes. And for me, um, my experience, one, one of my big experiences was 
being a young therapist in Utah treating pornography and mm. sex addiction. And, and it was really fascinating to me to watch. And I'm talking about, this is like mid-2000s, right? This okay. was a while ago. Um, to kind of watch the things being said at conference actually do harm to people. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and at first, you know, I was soaking it all in. I was, this is it. This is the way, this is the yeah. way. And, um, you know, it was kind of a bit of hellfire and brimstone, um, yeah. a little bit with, you know, if you touch your penis, then you're going, you're going to hell. <laughs> That's you right. Know? It's all over for you. <laughs> yeah. It's all over for you. And, mm -hmm. and it was, and, and it was a lot of just don't, 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 mm -hmm. don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, and yeah. don't. And what would happen and not to get, go too far down this, this rabbit hole, mm -hmm. but what would happen is it would feed shame and it would mm -hmm. feed self-rejection. And so then the members would end up in my office and they'd say, well, in conference, I heard this and I know that. And, but, and, and I would, I would have to try to kind of mm -hmm. go down that road, but it wasn't working. It was not working at all for recovery yeah. and for healing. And, and I absolutely lost trust in the council mm -hmm. of, of, the the apostles at conference and von j featherstone years ago he was kind of uh back in the day he was kind of one of the 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 big timer like he gives all the good talks right he was the okay. dwarf of that day okay. um but mm. I, he gave a talk and it was his talk was you better not be late to your church meetings like it was like the worst thing oh, ever dear. I'd be that was the trouble. first half of the talk <laughs> yeah. and the second half of the talk was and you better not masturbate Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that fascinating so, yeah, was, connection or lack thereof. I didn't understand. <laughs> maybe it. the one who masturbates is also late. I mean, late maybe, for, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're busy, you know, so they're late for church. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, but I, I listened to it and I, I went to go listen to that because I thought I need mm. some help with my work and I want to get, oh. and I heard it. And that was kind of the linchpin for me of this is just garbage. Mm. Like yeah. th this is just not helpful at mm -hmm. all and i think there's very very helpful talks at conference yes. yes and there's very very unhelpful talks that do no good at conference sure yes well i think i think it kind of just goes it circles back to what you and i tend to return to um fairly consistently which is well two things for me is number one we have to really really keep continuously remembering um the the the, the problems that emerge when we talk or even live in a frame of infallibility of our leadership right just just fraught problematic um, toxic destructive <laughs> and then the other part of it is that how can we know when you have a lineup of a number a lot of people um well-meaning i give them all i give them all the credit for meaning well by us as the membership but also recognizing that there's going to be a, a continuum of truth and error <laughs> throughout that whole weekend and that it is my responsibility as a discerning daughter of heavenly parents who has the gift um, of well we're all working towards becoming deeply discerning because that's part of our innate godhood as children of the divine to discern what i'm hearing and what feels true to me and respecting that they too even the people that sit in the velvet red chairs are on their own path and also are um 
they they have the same problem that I do, which is that I am complicated. My brain is complicated by my own experiences, by my own blindnesses, by my own um, projections, by the struggles that I have where I too see through a glass darkly, as do they. So it's like we're discerning their weaknesses through our perspective weaknesses, and we're trying to find a truth. And the only conduit we have, Brandon, is is the Holy Ghost, is the Spirit. And that's what makes it tricky, right? Because I can't just hand hand this um, job over to them to sort of inject truth into the world, including me. It's not, it's not, it's not appropriate. It's wrong. But I, I would say, Valerie, I, amen. I agree yeah. with that. Um, but I would say that the church in many ways does not model that and no. actually models the opposite. And I think conference is a good example of it mm-hmm. where, and this is what I hear. This is just, just Brandon. Um, I, I, when, when they get up and speak, there's a teleprompter. The talk has been scrubbed. It's been reviewed. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very, um, it's written to be in the enzyme that month. And what I don't hear very often, and I don't know, Valerie, the last time you've heard this, but when a, a prophet or apostle or whoever speaks at conference really gets vulnerable about their struggles, yeah. about their sins, about their mistakes. Um, you know, if they tell one little joke, just show a little bit of humanity, mm-hmm. like humanness in there, everybody laughs as if it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Even if it's not funny? Is that what I'm hearing? It's not that funny. It's like because, a, a polite laugh because, yeah, because like, of oh the, my the power differential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, to, to me, when I listen to like a really good talk, like a speaker, yeah. like I just went to a speaker and he was telling personal stories yeah. and he was was talking about his mistakes and his failures and all these things. I don't get that same feeling at conference. In fact, there's even a cadence that they mm-hmm. speak with when <laughs> they right. speak, right? Mm, sure. Which to me, all of this, it, 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 it sets an example of we are perfect. Yeah. We do have it figured out. And we need to show you guys as members of this church mm-hmm. that we have it figured out and therefore you need to listen. Yeah. Um, which I think creates a big problem. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, so. it, yeah, it, what, what I, what I'm hearing you say, um, as you're sort of breaking down your own experiences, it does have a bit of a feeling of, of sterility. It feels sterile. Yes. To you. Um, stuffy. Stuffy. Um, I actually, you know, it's, um, it's an, it's an occurrence that's rare when you can kind of pick out, one talk that resonates as far as I was thinking about many years ago, Elder Holland talked about his own uh, mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. That's how seldom these things are brought up. If I can think of one. Holland talked to you. know? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not saying it never happens, right? Right, right, sure. But rarely. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting that you're speaking of like, we want, you know, I'm going to digress a tiny bit. It, it's connected yes. though, I promise. What we look at, and I'm just going to move to the Savior, which is while we see him as all-powerful and almighty and, you know, the Savior of the universe through the atonement, what we resonate with in the Savior is his humility, his weakness, Mm -hmm. his being in the Garden of Gethsemane on his, you know, knees praying to his Father to let this pet cut pass from him. We get that, Brandon, because my goodness, he's we need that wearing, every day. Is wearing an old beat up robe with dirty sandals yeah. on, right? Like yeah. that, 
we see that we see that part of the savior yes yes and so i think what i'm hearing you say is you're craving something like that something that is more humanizing and that makes us feel like gosh i'm i'm so messy and broken <clears throat> and i'm struggling over here you know sitting in my pajamas watching tv from a thousand miles away in my case and i want someone who who gets me who is compassionate yeah. who is loving who is personable and I, and I think what I'm hearing you say is it's hard, well, maybe you're not saying this, but I'm hearing, is that at a, in a worldwide institution, it becomes a challenge to not become more of a corporate structure where it looks like the board of directors <laughs> are, are, are speaking to us about sort of the, um, the, the, the to-dos and the, the not-to-dos for the corporation that year. Um, right. it, it loses its connection and its contact with what we're all here for, which is actually to become made over in the image of of the divine. And we, yes. we want that. Um, we need that. That's what fills us up is when we feel that connection. Right. You know, it, it makes me, this is a total random thought, but yeah. at least in my ward, um, you can play the harp, you can play the piano, but you can't play the guitar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can mm -hmm. play the harp, the piano, uh, the violin's okay. Yeah. So, and this is kind of where I'm going with this is mm -hmm. why, why can't we play the guitar? Well, I, I can I could talk about this for days. So this is a digression. Uh, we need to be stay. Um, yes, yeah, so we need to come back to conference. come back to make make sure we come back. But what what I think that is is that's that's Western colonization. It's an American church, um, greatly in part run by you know older white men, who are uh, very much the product of you know turn of the mid century Utah. <laughs> right. And so if you look at you know, I just was thinking about this not too long ago and something that I read um, that, you know, the, and this may be changing. So I want to be very, very tentative and, and show a lot of humility in how I speak, because I do think the church is starting to try to become more sensitive and more aware, but installing a basketball um, court in every church across the world, where a lot of, you know, African, they don't play basketball. <laughs> we really ought to buy a lot that has a soccer field for a right. lot of our world like it's it's this question of like how connected or disconnected do we us you know normal nobody's down here <laughs> i'm not saying that i'm saying right. that tongue-in-cheek because i feel very valuable in the eyes of god but i mean in, in the institution right right how much are we being seen how much do we feel known how much are we being directed um towards our eternal parents in these larger settings and i just i'm sorry i know we're kind of jumping all over the place which we're very good at but i i not too long ago actually listened to um a sunstone symposium lecture that was on the sunstone podcast where a gentleman who'd done some he'd created a, a program a computer program that statistically analyzed the um topics that have been discussed and how things have shifted over the years and there was like a tenfold increase in like the last decade or so on 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 just speaking about the the modern day prophet i mean he said it was remarkable how interesting we have shifted the rhetoric from um other topics or even the topic of of maybe our savior even and it's it's this continual beating of the drum and he actually specifically mentioned president nelson i mean he said he said it, it just it was um a, an abrupt increase almost overnight of this um of this massive focus above and beyond anything else 
right. and the need to follow a prophet. And I just haven't stopped thinking about that because I'm, I'm intrigued with that. What do you make of that? Right. Well, I, I, I love the things you're saying and, yeah. and, and kind of where you went with my guitar comment because yeah. I, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's a massive increase in a need to follow the prophet. Mm. And if you, if, if we said need to follow the prophet and apostles, mm. but the, the over, arching message and and uh, valerie we talk a lot about things that are unsaid but sure. just kind of yeah. ingested Rule, and, like you know, rules right? of yeah so, like implicit so, rules mm -hmm. so if you follow the prophet and you look at conference um then you should be white because mm. most people are white mm. at conference um you should wear a very nice suit and tie <laughs> right <laughs> and yeah. that suit and tie looks a certain way you should speak a certain way yeah. and you should play basketball at church on Wednesday nights that's right. <laughs> and that's only the, play the harp. That's right. Or the violin. <laughs> <laughs> or the violin. Yeah. That's okay. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. the point being is at conference, do we really give space for everybody? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would love it if, one of our apostles who was from another country mm. stood up in their traditional right. um you know outfit that mm -hmm. that really helps them feel alive and connected yes. to god yeah i wonder if the church would even allow it right i, I doubt that they would i would mm -hmm. i would guess that they'd say no you need to put a a, a suit on with a right. tie yeah it's um, it's the perpetuation of sort of this like what is the standard uniform of the hierarchical, you know, the top of the hierarchy of the church. Um, and it's what we is, and I think that what you're saying matters, Brandon, because what it does is in some ways, um, I mean, I can see why it's a struggle, right? Um, because we are now a worldwide church and, and it's, it's in all the continents and things like that. But at the same time, um, it's, it's a challenge because general conference is the forum where people are picking up on unspoken messages about what it means to be okay, what, what it means to be Christian, what it means yes. to be acceptable. And we're placing a lot of value, um, quite frankly, on things that, ha that, that are neutral, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Whether one is wearing, you know, their, their native garb or a, or a, a, a suit and tie with a red, you know, red tie or whatever, um, it's value neutral. There's no, there's no meaning associated to that. So then, so when we inject value meaning. Yes. and meaning into something that is um, value neutral. Um, to me, that's a very, very low form of worship and of spirituality, but we yes. have to be very, very careful in an international institution um, that we're very, very sensitive to the fact that this is a, a Utah, um, it's, a, it, it was, it's, a, it's a North American institution that is heavily run by people that um, are a part of their culture by default. <laughs> right. They can't help it. They are. <laughs> sure. And, that's and so a good are point. we. So are we. Yes. And yet to not laden with value what it means to be a, a, a saint, a Christian, a child of God, and, um, and to not sort of morph it or warp it into something that just simply isn't what we should be emphasizing and focusing on. And I think to think about the music and to think about, um, I don't know why, and I mean, maybe you do, but I, I think there was one single conference where people spoke in their native tongue and there was translation and then that completely disappeared. Do you mm -hmm. remember that? Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah, that doesn't happen, does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have another gripe, kind of different, okay. kind of shifting yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so after COVID, when COVID blew up, yeah. Um, March of 2020. Yeah. Um, the church had had kind of built up that hey, we're gonna have this big event, this big conference. There's there's a big thing happening. Yeah. Um. And you probably know where I'm going with this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I do know where you're going. And yeah. so um, in, in March, like co- the world shut down. Right. Like and two weeks before a conference, right? Two, or two three? weeks before a conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The timing of conference was very kind of perfect in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. We were in crisis. And the entire world was in world. We didn't know where crisis. this was going, what was happening, yep. if there was going to be just stacks of bodies on the streets like we we didn't know <laughs> like Ebola right? or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and conference came and i really think that it fell flat um i i there was hardly a mention of of what was happening around us and in the world um yeah. it was about joseph smith is a prophet and the book of mormon is true and i think we were celebrating was it I think there was a an, an anniversary uh, of sorts that we were centennial of yeah mm-hmm. Joseph Smith yeah gotcha I'm remembering um, that yeah and so that's what the topic was and right. they stuck to that topic regardless of the what was happening in the world at the time you know if it, if I had like a nickel for every time I heard somebody mention exactly what you're talking about Brandon yeah. it, it was yeah. I mean what what kind of comes up for me is I think this is um, the inevitable product of number one, a very large institution and the need to want to be organized um, and not adapt to the needs of the moment, which I think is a product um, in, in part in, for our institution of, of priesthood correlation, which is there's this right. system that has been arranged to keep everything correlated, organized in order, but the, the price we pay is the massive failure um, of that particular meeting because we were in massive stress and um, trauma. We needed guidance. We needed guidance. Some guidance. Yes, hope. And and we're supposed Um, to get guidance at conference. And and you know, someone would say, well, sticking to reading the Book of Mormon and and you know going to church. And I guess Mm -hmm. we couldn't even go to church then. But that is the guidance you needed. Well, um, we needed relevant. We needed relevant. It kind of reminds me, you know, of um, my gosh. The reason here's the the downside of you and I just kind of coming on and talking, which is I remember an early an early missionary that was out in um, the British Islands and bringing a pamphlet about the eternal gospel to a, a, a poor woman, and she said, "Can this buy me bread?" Hmm. And he turned around and he said, "That was the moment where he realized I can't." touch the hearts of these people about these beautiful expansive truths of the restoration if this woman is if she's starving to starving and i think that's what you're speaking into which is in those moments we were not being attuned to as a world and i mean i know it's a big ship to to to, to drive so i want to be compassionate but i think what i'm hearing you say and what we're trying to talk about is like we want to feel like our leaders get us that are they're attuned. living in the same yes. world that we are living in, that they are suffering from the same pandemic that we were. And they were. Right. But the, the, rigid, the rigid need to stay with 
the correlated approved content of that meeting made us feel very alone. Yeah. Yes. And I think what we want, I mean, that's a, a, a kind of a, an extreme example of the same thing, but I think it's also something that is an ongoing craving that we have as a membership, which is we want to feel that more often than not, the needs of our, in our homes and in our families and in our cultures, in our societies are being answered by and regarded and sensitively addressed in a way that is founded in love and founded not in dogma, but in trying to help people come closer to their heavenly parents, not a rallying call to, to honor and respect men right at the top, but uh, of like, let us point you to the divine and let us be more like the divine. And so let our doctrines be guided by love. Yes. Yes. I love that, Valerie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think of how so many people are leaving the church these days and you know in the talks and in conference what we hear a lot of is is just stay just doubt your doubts and stay and Mm -hmm. keep coming and kind of throw moroni three five through seven at people like just do that just do that just that And, and really coming back to your point of of really connecting to to people is instead of doing that, instead of just sending the same message over Mm -hmm. and over again, actually connect, connect to those hearts that are feeling certain things. Yes. And, and, and with your message, connect to that, be attuned to that. Yes. Um, and, And to me, if I feel that connection, that's when I feel like, man, I'm, I'm supported and there's leadership and this is helpful. Right. right. When I feel that disconnection, it's the opposite feeling of right. that. Right. It makes it more challenging. Um, so I guess I would say as we kind of close up, Brandon, is it's like, well, I want my leaders to feel connected to me and to have the compassion on like what we're actually going through as a membership. And so it's like, well, then why do you and I stay? Right. Well, to me, I would say I stay because I want to be as compassionate. I want to lead in my own very quiet way here in the Midwest and model perhaps what it looks like to to lead silently or at least in a very minimal way, right? I want to help other people feel seen and known. And like, even though their leaders are just human and scrambling and running a big, running a big ship, I want to take from those leaders truth where I can find it and have the emotional and psychological and spiritual capacity to not feel obligated to take that which doesn't feel true, but also to be in my own way, someone who is shifting a culture towards something that is more expansive, compassionate, based in love, and willing to look at the reality of what's going on in our world. You just defined what I call a nuanced member, right? Um, that that's you. what I see. That's I'll take what I that see. as a compliment. Yeah. I like and that. <laughs> we, we need more. We need more of that. So yeah. um, I really appreciate this discussion, Valerie. Me too. Um, I hope too. it's been helpful. You know, you said something. I think we should do mm. an episode where you and I just just speak to why do we stay? Yeah. Um, and just 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 talk about that with with the audience. Well, I'm actually we're getting some. Um, although we're just a little brand new podcast with only just a handful of episodes, we are getting some um, great reviews and um i'm really enjoying them because and i just think about one review um one gentleman said 
something like, I'm not convinced, but I'm very intrigued with That's... the way you two are choosing to articulate what you're saying so boldly and also staying. I was like, oh, that was wonderful. I thought that's I great. love that. Yeah, me yes. too. Yes. Me too. So, all right. All right. Thanks, Valerie. Yeah. Have yeah. One. Okay. We'll see you next week, everybody. We'll see you. Bye-bye.